Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to season two of the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. I've always had a huge heart for moms and their lifelong job of raising children, their struggles, joys, and experiences that are so often 100% different from my own. Each week we get to hear the story of an ordinary mom serving her family, community, and the Lord in amazing ways. Seeing the gifts and talents of others and watching how God has worked in their life inspires me daily. We are all in this motherhood game together, and I believe we can benefit immensely from listening and encouraging each other through what God has done in our own lives. What a privilege it is to share these amazing women with you. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome back. Today on Drive Through Mom's podcast is the part two of Brenda's story. After sharing some profound wisdom of her faith and what she's learned through teaching, relationships, and how God has prepared her for what was to come, today we'll hear the rest of Brenda's story and how God has walked with her through that dark season. I'm praying for you and for anybody else that's listening and the work that God is doing through Brenda's story. Here's part two with Brenda. Here we go. So I know your story just from Facebook and kind of what I've seen through the last, you know, like I said, 23 years, but I know you've had, um, you know, the death of your sweet baby, Sarah, a couple years ago, and I don't really know about what happened, but I know what I've watched and I know what I've seen in you as a fruit of the spirit. So I just want to kind of open it to let you share whatever you feel like sharing. Okay. Well, um, just for the people listening, uh, Lynn and I had kids probably about the same time. I, I can't really remember, you know, because everything's kind of fuzzy from back then. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. Uh, but, so Amanda was born in 92 and Lacey was born in 95. And okay, then so yeah, there, that's, that's about it. Okay, okay, Sarah was born in 93 in May, okay. so just after Amanda. Is that right, Amanda? Yeah, yeah. Your oldest? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Abigail was born in 95. So I was pretty sure that it was... Okay, so she that, and Lacey were the same age then. Yeah, yeah. That okay. they're, they were pretty close in age. Right. And um, just an awesome time of, of being a family. And uh, I don't even know. I, I mean, people ask me stuff all the time, you know, that either know Sarah or just know our story or whatever. And... There are so many things that I could share that we don't have time to share today, I know. But um, Sarah loved the Lord. I mean, we are like y'all, and we taught the girls to love the Lord and took them to church. And she had such a, a fun, loving, sweet spirit <laughs> about her. She was kind of dingy and kind of... <laughs> <laughs> she always made us laugh. She was real random about things. I don't know. I don't know if she got that from me or what, but her dad, but just a fun loving, you know, little girl. And uh, I don't know. They both of them were, they're totally different. I don't know how your two girls are. It's kind of hard to compare the boys, I guess, but I only oh, have they're girls. Not, but, yeah. No, mine yeah. are not day, not in day. Yeah. And that's how Sarah and Abigail always were. Always. Abigail was pretty obstinate and she'll laugh when she hears this but I mean she was and she was just her own little person and nobody was really gonna tell her what to do because she had thought out everything and all that kind of stuff 
And Sarah, on the other hand, would just laugh and do anything you told her to do. I mean, that's just that's just how she was. And she she made a profession of faith probably when she was nine years old and then again at camp one year and then another time, too. So she was she just, you know, she just went along with things. She was pretty emotional and could be dramatic and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we laughed about that a little bit back when when she was like, oh, and I accepted the Lord. And we're thinking, well, you already did that once, you know, but but that was just, you know, she just want to make sure. And now, wow, aren't we thankful that sure. that she made sure, even if it took her two or three times, you know, or, or whatever, whatever. Uh, we know where she is now, you know, so we're very thankful for that. But um, she just kind of, I don't know, she did band, Abigail did athletics, you know, she struggled in math, Abigail loved math, you know, and they just had, they were just so different. And so she always kind of went the artsy way, you know, both of them loved music and they both were in one act play. Sarah stuck with band, you know, through her senior year and she worked at a camp that all of us went to, including myself as a, as a teen. And then Bob and I went a lot of times with both churches down here that we've been members of, but Sarah went and worked there uh, like as a student missionary kind of in the summers a little bit. And then when she graduated from high school, she worked there as a, they called it a missionary, but uh, all summer long, it was just good old hard work, lifeguarding, uh, cleaning dorms after Thousands of kids had been there all the week before and, you know, just a a fun thing. And I had done that when I was also uh, at A&M one summer. I went to the same camp and did it. So we were just thrilled, you know, oh, gosh, this is great. Sarah is she's digging into this and she's going to learn more even about the Lord because she didn't really know what she wanted to do in life. She was just kind of one of those just la la la, you know, just kind of going along with life and just listening to us and listening to the world and listen to everybody else but something kind of clicked when she she was just a get-along kind of girl and then something kind of clicked that summer I don't know if it was like I'm 18 and I can do what I want to do and uh, she thought she was a total grown-up and you know um, I'm just going to do what I want to do but she really kind of became her own little person and some of it was stuff you know that that we were really not excited about, you know, we're thinking she's there at camp. What is she doing? Wanting to get her, her nose pierced, and you know, things like that. All the things that kids are going to push, you know, uh, that maybe we didn't want her to do, but she, you know, she, she did well that summer. She went to, um, to junior college for, I don't know, I guess maybe a year and just kind of didn't really dig into it. Didn't really know what she wanted to be. And, um, went and lived in College Station, and she was just working to live. I mean, she was working at a Wings and More, or I can't even remember the different places she worked, but, you know, kind of not what we had set out for her to do. That's, you know, and that that's one of my things that I would like moms to know <laughs> that, that, that the Lord has taught me, and I wish I had known it when they were four years old, that the Lord is going to be with them, and they're not going to always do what we want them to do, even yeah. if they're four or whether they're 14 or they're 24. Right. They're not going to it. It's not all about us and we cannot control 
them, which I think that I'm not a t- too much of a controlling person, but because of being a teacher probably, and just being a mom, you just, it's a natural thing because somebody's got to control everything. So I might as well, you know, or I don't know. Does right. that make sense to you? Oh, sure. Because especially when they're younger, you know, you kind yeah. of, you are the boss. I mean, you're taking yeah. care of what's going on with the family and organizing, yeah. you know, meals and what they're doing and are they ready to go everywhere? And it is a different transition when they're, you know, we were talking about this earlier that it's, it's a natural progression of your job as a mom, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. Yeah, um, that's exactly that Even right. though you're, you're working on your goal is to raise you know, as a believer to raise kids that love the Lord and have them and listen for his voice and see them in their life. But it's also to raise them to be independent and not need you. Yes, that's exactly um, right. But know that, that you love them. Um, and so even though you're like, okay, I've done my job and whatever, it's still hard when, whether they're doing anything wrong or not, it, it's mm-hmm. hard to see them make choices that might not be how you would do it. Cause yeah. I am a control freak. You, I don't could see would be a control freak, but um, I do like things the way they like them and the way I like them. And I, mm-hmm. I, it, I have to check myself, you know, and Reggie's very good at bringing me back down to earth on things that he's like, this is not your decision or this yeah. is not, you know, this maybe is, this is maybe their plan. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. you need to just be quiet. And and I can be quiet in front of them. It might be the you know conversation with him that After. I just yeah have to yeah I have to just sure. let that stuff go for sure. And and you just really have to learn that as a mom, or I had to learn that as a mom for sure with with both of them, honestly. And and even now with Abigail being twenty five, you know you're there too, and. You know, it's just different. But with Sarah, she always complied. I mean, she always kind of did, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay. And then, like I said, something kind of changed. And she just really, even though she knew she knew the Lord and she wanted to please Him, you know, the devil just gets hold of you. I, I mean, we see it all the time. We see it in our towns, in our churches, in our country. I mean, we see it every day how the the devil is just in charge and people are just weak enough to let him be in charge. And I really think that that's kind of what it was with Sarah. She just, she loved people. She loved everybody. She didn't care what color your skin was. She didn't care what gender you thought you were. She didn't care if you had a bunch of tattoos. She didn't, you know, she just, she kind of bought in to everything. And, and that would be for another podcast, probably, <laughs> because there are people that probably need to hear all of those kind of things, too. But, I mean, she she just really bought into whatever it was that kind of came her way or, or whoever paid attention to her would probably be the, the better way of, of saying that. And so, she, you know, there were a lot of sleepless nights for me as a mom and for, da- for Bob, too, as her dad. Even though we are Christians and we say the Lord's got it and we're going to give her to him and, you know, he's going to take care of things. You still were human and I wouldn't sleep well at night because I knew that she wasn't in church. I knew that she wasn't in the word, you know, at, at these times in her life. But she finally ended up wanting or deciding after kind of floundering around that she wanted to go to cosmetology school, which she had mentioned it 
before. And Bob and I found something on my dad's computer just, I think, day before yesterday when she was little bitty where she had set up a boutique on her own and had all these had all these numbers for how much she was going to charge people to color their hair and all that. Anyway, it's just hilarious that she ended up doing that. That I I know that when she first mentioned that to me, probably when she was 20, that I frowned upon it. I mean, I remember the conversation and saying, do you know how hard a job that is? Do you know that you don't there, you know, everything fluctuates with uh, how much money is coming in, the economy of the country. You, you know, I had all these things. You don't get insurance. It's, a, you know, you're on your own, blah, 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 all these things instead of embracing it and saying, honey, if that's what you think you want to do. So that's what I would say to moms too. Don't discount what your kid really is saying they might want to do because that might be where God has them, you know? And so she, she ended up asking if she could move back home, which was not something, you know, any 22 year old wants to have to do. Uh, but she did. And, um, enrolled in beauty school here in Temple that was close to us and did it and passed all of her stuff and, you know, started a job. And, and that was kind of a hard time. As you well know, your kids are all, you know, past high school and it's hard when they come back and live with you because they're their own person, you know, and they have their own time set and all that kind of stuff. So for all of you parents that are listening, <laughs> moms that are listening that, you know, even kids coming home from college, just love them through it. You know, let them let them be an adult as much as you feel like <laughs> you can. And that's what we did with Sarah. And and was it hard? Yes, it was <laughs> because she was 22 and she had bought into things, you know, that we didn't approve of, uh, you know, going out late at night and hanging out with certain people or drinking and that kind of stuff that she knew that we we were opposed to you know so sometimes yes it was hard but wow when I look back and think that might have been hard but what a gift from God that for two years she was here with us every day every night uh, getting to have conversations some of them were good some of them were bad. Some of them were hard. A lot of them were laughing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But man, what a blessing to have her here for two years, which doesn't usually happen, you know, when they're 22 years old. Right. But, but right. We, we mended fences, you know, of her and her dad, uh, Sarah and I, just everything that needed to happen. We didn't even realize that's what the Lord was doing. But I really, for the most part, I really fun time that we got to spend with her and then uh, she worked in temple and so when she would not have to work the next day that usually meant that she would go out with her friends or do whatever that night before and wow. so I always just left her light on in her room and even if I woke up at one and the light was still on I'm like okay uh, woke up at two okay then I would text or whatever you know where are you when you're coming home that kind of stuff um but that particular night, I just, I don't know. I was like back to being a mom in high school, like uh, texting her early in the evening. Honey, why don't you go ahead and come home? What We've got this and that going. I don't know. It was just like um, 
real anxious about stuff, which was not totally unusual, but just things were not adding up, you know, that she was saying and stuff that weren't adding up for good. How about that? (laughs) That's a better way to say it, you know. And so the Lord had really helped give me peace um, knowing, you know what, Uh, he's got her. I would go to sleep where I know I've talked to a lot of moms that when they're worried about their kids, which we are all the time, I know, but when they've given us reason to worry about them, we would, you know, the moms would have trouble going to sleep and this and that. And the Lord had brought me through that, but kind of gotten me past that. And I just, you know, went on to sleep. Well, I remember waking up and thinking, wow, her light is still on. What's the deal? And so I had, and it was late. It was like probably 3.45 in the morning. And so I thought, well, she's probably just stayed with one of her friends or whatever, you know, because of whatever reason. And so I sent her a text or whatever and never really got anything back and went on to sleep. Well, then the thing that every parent does not want to ever happen to you is, you know, DPS is knocking on your door at 730 that morning and Bob goes and answers it and comes and gets me. And, you know, in short says, hey, your daughter Sarah was in an accident uh, between here and and the next uh, city. And um, and she was killed in the accident, you know, and you're just like, oh, you know, my art, you just want to throw up, you know, you really do. And um, so we talked to him for a while. And and then the other part, I guess, that was super hard about it is he was like, um, well, do you think that uh, you could give us her dentist's name? And I just looked at him and I said, you know, because I'm not really thinking straight anyway. And I'm like, why do you need her? Why do you need her dentist's name? And he said, well, I mean, the car caught on fire. And so we are going to have to identify her that way. You know, I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know, but they left. We cried. The first thing that Bob looked at me and we're just standing there. And I said, what are we going to do? And he said, we are going to pray about this. He sat me down on our couch and prayed just real simple, but prayed that the Lord would take this that has happened and he would use it for positive and that it would not become negative, that there wouldn't be negative things that came out of it at all, that people would see it as positive and that they would see Jesus through all of it, you know, and I'm telling you, Leon, (laughs) He definitely has used it for his good. I mean, he um, lots of things that happen have have happened. It's been three years. That was in 2017 in the summer, and so much has happened between that happening and now that that have been for his glory. And it's it's you know I don't I, I used to write them all down all the God appointments that people. <laughs> that we would meet it would be everything from people that had blue hair like Sarah's had been you know and I'm sure lots of moms have gone through that where they come home and they have different color hair well she was a hairdresser sure. you know so she was all so it was that. different every now and then <laughs> oh yes you know like when she passed away just that Monday that happened on a Wednesday really Thursday morning that she had her accident but uh, she had just gotten a real fun 
shorter cut and had dyed it red and it was just absolutely beautiful on her. I was just glad the the blue was gone, honestly, you know, but it, it looked really good. <laughs> the red looked really good on her. But every time I see a kid with blue hair, I just, I just go up to them most of the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, your hair, your hair looks like my daughter's did, you know, and that's just an open invitation right there who would have ever sure. thought you know blue sure. hair so i get lots of stuff like that lots of things that and honestly it is totally the holy spirit that i never knew how he could guide i don't think until this happened because uh we had so many people praying for us and, and honestly it was so enlightening to us that so many people from almost 25 years ago from our church that we've talked about you know, either came to the service or contacted us where we had so many people praying for us. And in our service, we'd go to a really small church and there were probably about 500 people that were there that day. It was in the middle of hot, hot July summer, you know, in Texas. But the service was fabulous. You know, it was just a celebration of her life and of her knowing Jesus. And God brought so many people like I told you she bought into a lot of things and she loved everybody and they were all there at her service I mean different color hair different color skin there were gay people there there were lesbians there you know and people that I had met that I knew were you know in those places in their life and the service was fabulous and all of a sudden uh, I leaned over to Abigail you know, we're right there on the front row, and I leaned over and I said, sweetie, the Lord is telling me I need to say something. So when this guy finishes praying, I'm going to get up there and talk. And Abigail's like, you go, Mom. I leaned over to Bob, and I said, honey, the Lord is, is prompting me. The Holy Spirit is prompting me to say something. So when he finishes, I'm going to go up. So don't be worried about what I'm doing. And he said, you're going to do what? And I said, yes, I'm going to. And I don't even know what I said that day. I wish it was recorded. It was before Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I wish I wish we'd recorded it. It doesn't really matter. The Lord just gave me the words. And I addressed all of those people and saw their faces and saw, um, I guess the Lord just knew what they needed to hear that day. And there'll be so many, I'm sure, that I will never know about. But there were so many that now in these last three years have come back and said, hey, you know what you said? And this is what I really wanted to get in. I know that we probably need to hurry here. But no, you're okay. There, you're there was everything from um, non-believers to atheists to Jews that Sarah worked with to young people that had been in the youth group with Sarah. And there were, there were just so many different things that people heard that day. You know, they're like, after the service was over, um, a young couple came up to me. It was a, a guy that Sarah had been in youth with and gone to high school with. And he and his wife had just found out that they were pregnant. And he said, you don't know how much that spoke to us. And I'm like, y'all, I mean, you're young. You got the world ahead of you. And he said, no, when you said that you thank the Lord for letting Sarah be with you for 24 years and that it was a gift from him that was never ours to keep, you know, and, and the Lord gave me those words, but you know, that's what I wish young moms realized that, that they aren't ours. They are his ultimately. And 
He said that. He said, here we have a baby in her tummy right now. And that just gave us such perspective that, you know what? We think we've done this and it's ours and we're going to do it our way. But it's really, this baby is really the Lord, you know? And, and I don't know, there were just, there were all kinds of things from that day. And then uh, from, you know, up until even yesterday of, of people, you know, asking about Sarah or asking about our story but it gave me, I mentioned the word perspective several right. times. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to ask you. Were about gonna, that you were going to round me up and, and bring me no, back to perspective. No, no. Because I need grounding up, girl. No, you are <laughs> perfect. I just want to know that because we talked about that a little bit. It's just like, I like I said, I've, I've watched you and seen you. And I've had several friends in the last, uh, maybe it's just a season in our life because we are mm-hmm. getting older. But mm-hmm. I, I've had friends in the last three or four years that have lost a child three okay. three that have lost in college oh, um wow. one that lost you know a baby um that I actually did an interview with her which was great um and then a couple of friends recently that have lost a spouse and so oh, okay. being able to kind of watch at a distance mm-hmm. creepy as that sounds I guess no, from uh-huh. a, Instagram kind of perspective, how yeah. people process their grief and how mm-hmm. their perspective is. It's something that, you know, Reg and I've talked about that I've seen in you guys has mm-hmm. been such a positive and hope filled perspective where it could be so easily the opposite, right? It could be so easily something that could destroy you For from sure. a personal perspective, um, sure. you know, especially if you don't know the hope of the Lord. Um yeah. But how has all of that really changed your perspective in, you know, one, with your own family, with your relationship with the Lord, and even with your students? Well, oh gosh, there's so much to talk about. So the Holy Spirit's going to have to guide me here. No, you're fine. But, you're fine. But I think one, one, I, I just know Bob praying that day, that made a lot of difference because from then on, you know, I, I think that. As a person, the Lord has given me uh, the personality where I do try to stay on the positive side of things and be an encourager. But you don't know what you're going to be like when somebody tells you, hey, your 24-year-old daughter just died in an accident, you know. And you always wonder, oh, what would I do when this or that happens, you know. And they always say, you know, you find out what's in you when, when you get squeezed. And, you know, sure. we don't know. Or we, is this for real? Am I really following the Lord? Am I, you know, but he was just able to just squeeze out the joy uh, that that's my word. I mean, I share that with everybody. It just was he was able to bring joy throughout all of this and hope and peace. I think the scripture that that I most I mean, just really think this hits it is. Uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that that's just it in a nutshell. What God has done in my life and in Bob's too, just just bringing joy. Just I mean, through all of this, are there tears? Yes. <laughs> are there times when you're sitting and you just start crying. Yes. Uh, but they're also it just, I don't know. I never knew the peace either. I mean, I talk about joy, but I never knew the peace that 
that he brings when you need it. I mean, you know, we talk about that and you've taught Sunday school classes. I have too. And we've mentored kids or discipleshiped young girls. And these are things that we have said, but wow, we, the peace that just uh, passes all understanding. It is totally not understandable. And we experience that. I mean, it just, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. So I feel in so many ways that I would say probably one one of the main things was just God just giving me an urgency to tell other people about Jesus. I mean, I always thought that I was pretty evangelistic, <laughs> but I didn't even know how to be evangelistic until after this because I just, I want other people to know that. And now I have a story that shows the urgency of that, I guess, maybe is, is a good way to say that. So sure. it's, it's been an urgent thing at, at school too, with kids. Like here I go the first day of school and I'm that goofy teacher that puts pictures up of myself when I was a baby and when I was in fourth grade and, you know, just to tell about my family. Well, here I put all those pictures up. That was in July that Sarah passed away. And here it's the 1st of August and I'm putting all these up and I'm thinking, this is going to be a different story. I've never told this story before about my life, you know, but God just spoke it right through me. And there were kids that were like, oh, that's terrible. There were kids that didn't get it at all. There were kids that cried, you know, but there were conversations that were started with parents and kids just because of that, that had happened a couple of months before, you know, so it's just changed everything. <laughs> it it sure. really it really has. It uh you know, I don't know the accident site where she uh, actually had where she passed away is on my way to school every day and on my way back from school every day, on our way to church every Sunday, on our way back, you know, sometimes multiple times a day going that direction and so many people were worried about that. How are you going to do that? How are you going to pass by that every day? And I'm like, you know what? I just shared this with somebody yesterday, a, a, a mom of a kid that I taught last year who lost her mom in an accident about, I think, two months ago. And so I was just trying to talk with her and, you know, plant some seeds of hope and peace in her life. And she was saying she was having such a hard time having to go by the place where her mom had passed away. And so I just messaged her and said, hey, you know what? It was therapeutic for me. Every time I passed by that place, it was like reliving what Sarah went through and probably what was like seconds, you know, and she did die immediately, which is comforting. But um, just knowing that that's where she, that's where Jesus met her right, <laughs> right, right there, right. you know, and that that's that's what I, that that's what I told that, that young mom. I was like, you know what? That that's what you, you know, God's going to have to work through all this with you, but that's what you can keep in your mind. And that's what I do. And sometimes when we pass by there, we laugh or we might cry a little bit or we talk or whatever. Sometimes it's just a big old smile. I'm just looking. We have like a little wreath of flowers because that's, that's kind of where I feel like she met Jesus, you know, and that it's a place for me, a point where I can think about her. Every day, for sure. Not that I wouldn't anyway, but um, 
anyway, trying to think but of that, other stuff that you really are going to want to hear that I'm forgetting, but no, you no, ask questions. You're good. But that, you know, that I would say that from, and obviously I haven't been through anything like that, but there has been kind of an awakening almost maybe because sure. of partly with COVID and just, um, and I've told the story before, but with, with just doing something that's hard because you feel the call of the Lord to, to get you to do it. For sure. but one of the, one of the reasons that, um, you know, I've watched, like I said, you and a couple of other friends that have lost their mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. um, all tragically, um, mm-hmm. you know, had a good friend that was one of those couples that was in our group, lost their daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that and you know a couple of other friends like I mentioned that had lost their spouses and stuff, but it just kind of triggered in me. You know, like you said, I, I've always felt there's, you know, as a believer, been somewhat evangelistic in lifestyle, mm-hmm. but maybe mm-hmm. not in action. Sure. Uh, and so there's opportunities that the Lord puts in front of you to say, "Why are you so afraid? What you know? What That's to exactly do? Right. Whatever I'm." calling you to do because I'm calling you to do it. I'm going to enable you. And obviously from, you know, your sharing, he's provided multiple people and family yeah. to be around you, to walk with you. Um, and just the miracle alone of, I see, I'm going to cry. So I'm going to have to make Cody cut this out. Um, but just the miracle alone of, of the peace Mm-hmm. And the joy to be able mm-hmm. to share. Yes. It's true, it's, Lynn. It's, it's, that's a miracle from the Lord because exactly right. in and of ourselves, it would be so ridiculously difficult and to do it, it on be. our own. Yes, it would be. That's it, right. Doing it and walking through the loss of your sweet one um, or anybody else in your life would be mm-hmm. just so difficult. Um, without knowing the hope that, like you said, that was where Sarah met Jesus. That's right. That he was with her, that now she was with him, wholly restored. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the hope of seeing her again. That's exactly right. That is so exactly sorry. Right. You know me. I'm such a teary person. No, so that's okay. No, that's but, just, it's heartfelt. And that's but good. It's, it's so obvious that that's been, and you know, even God, um, God prompting, um, you know, the prayer um, with the police being there to just the perspective of, okay, this, this is going to be, you know, from that on, because that might be something that would be harder to see what the good comes out of something later. That's right. And I I remember, I remember um, I have two sisters that live here in town too, you know, and so it was super hard on them and on their kids. I mean, you know, because it was Sarah and I remember, one of my sisters, probably both of them, saying, thank you so much for guiding our family this way in in mourning. Because it could be different, you know. And it could have been just all dramatic. And it could have been all tears all the time. But we really, the Lord really gave us a God perspective about all of it. And there, there's no denying that. I'm, I'm on a... I know you asked me about like different podcasts and things that I would recommend, but there's, there's a, it's a Facebook page. It's, it's a closed group and it's called while we're waiting. And it's, it's just for bereaved parents. 
and you know while we're waiting to see our kids is the basis of it and and I've learned a lot on that but I also have just been so and it's a Christian based group you know everybody that is on it uh, is a believer and but there are so many people that um, oh I don't I'm trying to think of the right words to say that still, I mean, you know, they'll say, I lost mine 10 years ago, or I lost 20, and they still are in such uh, disarray in life and perspective and everything, you know, that I just, I just pray that everybody would totally just give it all to the Lord, because if you don't, it's going to destroy <laughs> everything you know because you read about things like that oh people that lose kids it destroys their marriage and they da, 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 da. and so we just had to hold on tight you know and pray pray through everything and I'm telling you the Lord Bob and I are closer because of this than than we ever could have imagined because we sure. walked through it together and with Abigail too and a lot of people ask about that that would be probably for another podcast you know about no, and I'm sure that's got to be, you know, a whole nother level of parenting because just because they're out of the house and grown doesn't mean you're not parenting to them. It's a yeah. different parent. Well, that I'm even talking about, I'm talking right. about like uh, how it affected Abigail. Like sure, no, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. It's like yeah. parenting her through still, you know, walking through the grief of, of losing her sister, you know, had yes. to change how you parent. and, and But she has know, such her. a, she has such a close walk with the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit guide her, that she is just, you know, she radiates uh, joy and hope and peace and everything she does. And this would, this is not any exception, you know, like through yeah. losing her sister, the the kids that came and said, we're pregnant, you know, and you gave us a, a different perspective about that, even though our child is not born. He also said that day, Abigail had just come back from a mission trip in Germany like maybe a week or so before Sarah passed away. And he said, you know, Miss Patterson, who would have thought, you know, you're worried about Abigail being in another country and all these things that have happened, you know, and then here, right here in our back back door, you know, Sarah has an accident and dies. And I'm like, you know, Abigail's been, I don't even know, six different countries since she was a junior in high school. And that probably was the Lord helping me, um, uh, get over the control thing uh, that moms go through because, you know, you got to give that up. I'm, I would never, she went to Indonesia the next summer after Sarah had passed away. And I remember one of my friends saying, I can't believe Abigail is going to Indonesia for the summer. And here you are, you just lost Sarah. And then she know you're going to worry about her. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> Bob and I will never stand in the middle of the Lord and Abigail and what he's trying to have her do in life. You know, we will never, it's a, it's a privilege to be her mom and to know how she represents him well, you know? So that's kind of her in a nutshell. <laughs> and that's hard. That's hard to do though. Sometimes with your kids that to, to not hold them back, like you said, for things sure. that you've probably controlled all those years of, oh, of sure. having, having input, but at the same time going, I, I, their relationship with the Lord is above their relationship with me and what I mean, he's asking them to do and where he's asking them to walk are places yeah. that are not meant for me to go. That's exactly <laughs> as much right. as I don't like it, you know, as yeah. much as I don't, I don't like missing being there, but, um, for sure. 
Well, I just have to say that first, I'm so sorry for your mom heart having to miss, you know, watching your sweet girl grow up and what you've experienced. But at mm-hmm. the same time, um, just grateful that you've been open to mm-hmm. share your walk with, um, you know, how God has strengthened you and strengthened you and Bob and Abigail. And, and you know, I remember when she was born, but mm-hmm. didn't get to see her grow up. But it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, her heart of being open and accepting and loving everybody, regardless of where they are, yes. regardless of what they look like and knowing yes. that the father looks at people's hearts as That's well, right. that brought them to a place of, you know, being in a service like that where they can yes. hear the gospel and yes. hear what the savior meant to her That's and right. family. Um, and then just, you know, your perspective to, you know, what can I do now? Who can I share this with? Because that's what we're called to do mm-hmm, is to right. share what we've walked through. That's exactly the right. The hard things, the fun things, but to share that with other people so that other people see, you know, just because you're a believer doesn't mean that everything's great that's all the time. Exactly we right. walk hard things. His word says, you know, you're going to have trouble uh, in this world, but, you know, take heart. I've overcome it. That's right. Uh, so, uh, just appreciate you opening up and getting to share that with me. And um, of course, thank you so much for yes. being on and to catch up. And um, if you wanted to share anything with anybody, I mean, are you good with me um, sharing your Facebook and Instagram? Sure. If anybody wanted to reach out. Oh, I would love you to, you can share my phone number, anything. I'm totally open to anybody that the Lord brings our way for sure. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. I love you. And hopefully we'll get to talk some more um, and just keep staying in touch and um, just tell Bob hi and Abigail. And thank you for being on, ma'am. Sure. Love you, girl. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks, guys, for listening to Drive Through Moms. We will see you next week and happy Wednesday. Hey, y'all, I can't thank you enough for listening and want you to know that you have all been prayed for, for real. If you liked what you heard or it touched your heart in any way, I would so love for you to leave a great review on iTunes. But more than that, just share this with other moms that you know that might get something out of it. You can find more information about each of the episodes in the show notes, as well as our links to Instagram and the website at drivethroughmoms.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.